Hello and thanks everybody. It's Weird Mythic Podcast with Naomi and I got Serena and we also have a guest on the show, Hannah. Hello everybody from different time zones. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Thank you for having me. So Hannah is on suburban witchery or sorry right suburban witch witchery am I correct sorry (laughs) correct my business is suburban witchery and I also run a podcast which is called witch talks a suburban witchery podcast (laughs) we can find you everywhere right yeah pretty much I made that that name so that if you just search suburban witchery anywhere I literally pop up everywhere (laughs) perfect we'll have everything down below as well so yes yes thanks for coming on the show it's you know, I love having any guests. So thanks again for just coming on. It's awesome. <laughs> as again, thank you very much mm-hmm. for having me. I'm as, as you know, I run my own podcast, so I'm very happy to chat and talk and get on mm-hmm. other people's as well. It's good fun yeah. being on the no, other I, side of it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good little community. We've talked about it before. Just like everybody who helps out in the little podcast community is great. So we're going to talk about like astrology pretty much that I know very little on. So I just have like some basic questions for you as somebody who does practice quite a bit of astrology and tarot, am I, right? Yes, correct. So I'm an astrologer. I'm a professional tarot reader and I focus with my astrology on something called natal charts, which I can tell you all about as we get into it. That's good. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the most that I know about astrology is mainly just like the Zodiac, I'm guessing, because that's, I'm an Aries. That's all I really know. Am I right? That's Zodiac, but there's multiple different other types of astrology. Oh my gosh, there is so much. And what you're referring to is what's called sun signs, or most people know them as star signs. So everyone's like, okay, I have a star sign. And if you think about it, our sun is a star. That's where we get that name from, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But astrology is so much more than sun signs, right? So the sun sign or your star sign is talking about the position of the sun from our vantage point on earth. So when we look up, at the constellations where the sun is located from our viewpoint, right? That's how we get it. And it's a very, very ancient art. Now, there are many different types of astrology, but I personally am a modern astrologer and I use the Plastus system. If anyone out there is listening and wondering where I'm coming from with that, there are many different types, okay? So with that sun sign astrology, when we look up and we say, okay, the sun is in Aries, and then it goes through the 12 signs in order, Mm -hmm. spending roughly a month in each sign. And it's not a calendar month either. So it's not starting at the beginning of the month until the end. They all kind of start around the 20th, 21st, 22nd. Okay. And it's going to differ sort of every year when it actually switches over, depending on your time zone and whereabouts you are in the world and that sort of thing. So. When you know your sun sign, that's going to tell you a little bit about yourself, but then there's, you know, millions of other people that are born in that same time as well that are also going to have that sun sign. So it's not that unique, right? Everyone's like, oh, it's so generic, but you have a whole ass birth chart that is so much more in depth than that. (laughs) A whole ass birth chart. (laughs) Exactly. So so if you think we know where the sun is based on that zodiac, right? And the sun goes through all of the zodiac in a year right? That is a solar calendar that we work on. But then we have the moon and the moon will travel through that same zodiac constellation from our vantage point on earth. But this time it goes much faster. So the moon is very, very fast how it moves through that zodiac. So a lunar cycle or a lunar year is going to go through in one month, right? So it changes signs every two to two and a half days. 
So you'll be, you know, maybe when you were born, you've got a moon in Aries or a moon in Taurus or a moon in Gemini. And that's going to give you a totally different vibe to someone born two or three days before you. Sometimes even on the same day, if the moon is switching into a different sign that day. So you could be born the same day as somebody else and have totally different emotional sides to your personality. This is like... (laughs) the fun stuff, right? Then we have something called a rising sign. So what I'm telling you right now is something referred to as your big three, your sun sign, which is your star sign, your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. Now the rising sign moves the fastest. This one changes degree every four minutes and it goes through all of those zodiac, it basically changes zodiac signs every two hours. And this is the zodiac sign rising in the east at the moment of your birth. And this one's really important. And actually way back when the rising sign was way more important than your sun sign. But these days, most people only really know their sun sign because they're not really remembering or focusing on that time of birth. And astrology has kind of fallen into that woo-woo realm, right? Whereas back in the day, it was this, it was science. It was the same as astronomy. And then it Mm -hmm. sort of split. So with your rising sign, that denotes what you're here to do or the role you're here to play in the world or in your life. And my view is that we grow into our rising sign as we age. So it's a really interesting one. It can be the the way people see us when they first meet us. And it can be really interesting to actually dress in your rising signs sort of vibe to get into character for who you're meant to be. Okay. So it can be a really way to work with astrology. So then they've got all the other planets as well, and they all land (laughs) in different places in the zodiac. So I think that's what they call the. Sorry, is that what they call like the houses? When it's kind of houses, okay. Yeah, that always so you've confused okay. me. I'm like, I don't know what that is. It's very confusing. Mm-hmm. So you've got all of the planets: so Mercury, Venus, Mars. We've got Saturn, Jupiter, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto. And then we've also got the houses. Now the houses are slightly different, so they are based off where your rising sign is. So let's say your rising sign, and I've actually I've pulled up your chart, Serena, so I can okay. tell you what your rising sign is. <laughs> something a little bit fun. So you are a rising Gemini. Okay. (laughs) So your, your rising sign, and because I use the Placidus system, this is the housing system can change depending on the type of astrology that you use. But with mine, your first house will always start where your rising sign starts and yours starts at three degrees of Gemini. So that means from there, we've got the first house, second house, third, fourth, all the way around to 12. And they all don't uh, denote the different life areas. Okay, so whilst you'll have the planet is kind of like the energy, right, um, or the the way it represents or comes out, so our moon is our emotions and then whatever zodiac sign it falls into is kind of the energy that our emotions sort of flow through and the house is sort of what area of life it comes through, if that makes sense. It's just mm-hmm. these different layers that we have. And the birth time is super important. As I said, it changes degree every four minutes. So even if you're 10 minutes out, it could change your rising sign and then change all of those houses. So if you go to an astrologer with a, oh, I think I was around about this time, you might leave going, that didn't resonate at all because it probably wasn't accurate based on your time. So having an accurate birth time is really, really important. So if you don't have that, because some people are adopted, they might not have records, all those sorts of things. You can see some astrologers will do something called rectification, which is where they work backwards to figure out what your birth time could be. It's a pretty lengthy process, but it is possible to get it as mostly accurate as we can. So let me tell you a little bit about your chart, if you're ready, Serena. Oh, sure. Let's go. (laughs) I'm ready for her chart. (laughs) 
All right. So you're probably already aware that your sun is in cancer. All yes. right. So your star sign is cancer. Um, now your sun talks about how you express yourself the best. So you're probably someone who is really nurturing, very, uh, care, like caregiver vibes is the, is the motherhood sort of archetype that comes with cancer. All right. So mm-hmm. very much warm, inviting, you know, you want everyone to feel comfortable. You want everyone to feel safe. Now, with that as well, it falls into your, and it's right on the cusp of your second and third house. I'm just going to do a little double check. It falls into your second house. So this means to me, you express yourself the best when you when you feel comfortable. Um, it means you can sometimes have some defenses that you might throw up if you're feeling a little bit attacked, right? So maybe a wall that sort of comes up to protect you. Because if we think about cancer, cancer is the crab and crabs have a very rough, like tough exterior, and they've got a nice squishy inside, right? So you're probably quite sensitive, oh God, um, yeah. aware, <laughs> aware of how other people are feeling. And you can probably read a lot into how people talk to you and how people react to you, right? So you mm-hmm. might be really cognizant of what things, how things make you feel and how things are said and what might be intoned underneath that, right? You can see through the words. Does that make sense? Oh gosh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> So some people call this defensive. I say it is just making sure that you feel safe, right? Safe and secure. So that's a big thing. (laughs) Yeah. Now you also express yourself the best when you feel both financially secure and secure in your home life. So if you don't have a roof over your head or you're moving house soon and it's not all set into place, right? That's going to be quite stressful for you. Or if you don't know where that next paycheck is coming in, right? You're not going to actually be able to create the things you want to create or do the things you want to do in the world because you don't feel safe enough to do that, right? You need that very secure, safe, I'm at home, this is safe and sturdy and stable, right? To be able to express yourself fully. And this is actually a skill that you'll actually be able to do with other people as well, help them to feel safe. So if you have children, you can help them feel really safe, secure, uh, supported in order to be their best selves, basically. So it's a really beautiful gift. So falling into your second house, that's sort of like the house of money and bigger goals and that sort of things. So, and also possessions that we own and the resources that we have around us. So cancer, I find there's a bit of a finance vibe with cancer and that second house. So again, making sure that your finances are secure long-term. Like if you were going to, if you came to me for career stuff and were like, I'm starting a business, (laughs) I'd be like, okay, you need to have so much savings that you feel like so many savings racked up in your account that you feel safe enough to take that risk because risk taking Mm -hmm. is not a big, it's going to be too stressful for you. And you would need to make sure that long-term you have maybe a subscription style service. So you know how much roughly you're going to be making each month as you go forward, right? It's, you need all those projections. You need to be able to see what's happening and what's coming. So that's sort of how that expresses there. Then we go into your moon sign. Your moon sign, as I said, it's your emotional side. It's the side that people don't often see. Okay, so your moon falls into Aquarius, which can be slightly more detached when it comes to emotions. And it's really interesting because Cancer and Aquarius, they're they're quite different signs the way they express. Cancer, emotional, intuitive, sensitive, empathic. And then we have Aquarius, which is a lot more logical, analytical, thought-based, right? So sometimes when these two come together, there can be a tendency to anxiety or worrying and those sorts of things going on emotionally. Um, And sometimes when things get a bit too hard, for example, with a relationship or someone else in your life, uh, there's a tendency to ghost or just be like, you know what, no, I'm just going to step out for a minute. Oh, gosh, yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, so it's, it's been happening it's, at work lately which hasn't been good so. oh, oh like, what are you doing <laughs> no <laughs> yeah like, that is so funny <laughs> your moon your moon falls into your 10th house of Korea so I was going to say that would most likely come through <laughs> how you work just walk so, away I know Duh. Naomi knows <laughs> So with that, with that um, moon in the 10th house, I too have a moon in the 10th house and it can be a difficult placement because it means your work emotionally fulfills you. And if you can't see where it's going, if you don't have a clear, you know, uh, future, I guess, pathway that you're going, or if it doesn't feel like you're on your high, you're doing your highest calling, then that's really going to mess you mess with you, right? You're going to be like this. I don't feel right. Everything feels wrong. It's it just gives you a lot of uh, emotional upheaval because your work brings you emotional fulfillment and validation. So if if you're doing, for example, things like this podcast, whilst podcast, and then you've got a day job, right? It can be not your work, but it's still work that you're doing, right? So this might be bringing you emotional fulfillment when you're getting things like reviews from people um, and people saying how much it's like meaning to them. All of that's going to be like super uplifting for you. Like, oh my gosh, I'm doing something. This is what I'm here to do. That's sort of a vibe. Oh, that makes sense because I always text Naomi, like every review we get, I love DM it. we get, I'm like, okay, you're going to make mm-hmm. me cry. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's really good for you to hear those sorts of things and how it's impacting others. Uh, then when we go back to your rising sign, so being a rising Gemini, this one's really interesting. I actually know quite a few podcasters who have a rising Gemini, and that's because Gemini is an, an Aquarius as well. So Aquarius and Gemini, they're both air signs, which is a lot to do with words and talking and getting things out there. Now, Aquarius, they want to get things out on a really big level to a broader community, right? So your work, you're probably going to try and build a community long-term. Whereas with your rising sign, you're just trying to share a message to people in a way that they can understand it easily, right? It is a very sort of almost like teacher vibe. Like I'm going to share this message and teach you all about something. And it's also really fun and playful. So the role that you're here to do is share your words with the world in a way that is fun and playful. Okay. How does that feel? That That's like literally, yeah, everything you said was on point. <laughs> I think it sounded pretty correct just yeah. by hearing that and knowing Serena. I was like, yeah, that all looks great to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. That's just a little bit of an astrology chart. As I said, there's a whole last birth chart. So there is all the other signs and you can you can do so much with it. You can look at, you know, ways of seeing what's coming up. You can look at what the sun transits doing in your own personal birth chart and what that might be lighting up for you. And you can sort of plan your life around that sort of a thing. The moon transits are going to light up different areas of your life as they go through each month. So mm-hmm. it can be really cool once you once you know your chart you can see an astrologer or you can see someone like myself. And I put out a a focus forecast chart, which is like, here is where the sun's going every, you know, pretty much the same time every year. And on these dates, this is what's going to be happening. And this is how you can best utilize that energy. So knowing what's coming up can help you feel really prepared. It can also be really helpful if you're going through something like really emotional. It's like, oh my gosh, you're having a really hard time because you're not meeting that moon's needs, right? Or maybe there's a a difficult aspect that's coming up somewhere else with one of the other planets. So it can be really useful to know this sort of stuff and to follow it. And it is super specific when you get into it. Like the chance of you having the same birth chart as someone else is 
astronomical. Like it's very rare. We're very, very unique people. And we're full of almost like controversy because sometimes you can have one side of yourself that is, you know, maybe your sun sign that's totally different to how you your moon sign is and maybe that's because you're born on a full moon and it's just these wildly different sides. And you're like, how can I be so different but the same? It's like because we're so unique and amazing as human beings. So it's really beautiful to see all the different expressions and how they come out in the world. Yeah, and that just shows you that astrology isn't just a personality like test that people take. It's different. Like you just explained it perfectly. Yeah, exactly. It's very different. It's unique to every individual. And it, you know, it can come out to, like people ask about twins and triplets and things like that. And sometimes being born one or two minutes later can change that birth chart significantly. Sometimes it doesn't. And so they might have a very, very similar birth chart almost to the degree. And whilst they might be very similar in a lot of ways, the way they express those things, depending on how life forms around them and their experiences can come out differently as well, if that makes sense. That's, so yeah, that's strange. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to view and to look at. And gosh, when you get deeper and you start mm-hmm. doing things like family charts, so I might have people that come to me and they're like, I want to book an astrology report for me, my mom, my sister, and my brother, right? And I'm like, cool, sweet. So I do all of them. And I sit there going, oh, this is so cool. They all share this same sign in common, or they all share this placement in common. And it's just like this thread that runs through families. So for example, in my family, my dad, my brother, my husband, both my kids all have a Virgo moon and I myself am a Virgo sun. So that's like a really interesting and unique thing that we all share. So it's really fun to start looking at those sorts of things. And gosh, there's so much you can do with astrology. Yeah. It's just wonderful. <laughs> that's so crazy. Um, you did, mm. Let's do a part two where Naomi, you find your birth certificate or talk to your dad or something. I have it somewhere. Okay. <laughs> um, but I kind of want you to talk about your show a little bit. Um, I mm-hmm. know we're kind of like on a time crunch all of a sudden, but I, so I, I listened to your first episode all the way through and it was really interesting. Um, Cause you just kind of talked a little bit about yourself and about growing up in like a Christian type household. And then it sounds like you got into astrology. Can you talk just a little bit about like what, you know, brought you into astrology or even looking into it? Yeah. And thank you for listening to one of my episodes. That first one was way before yeah. I had a microphone or anything. So if anyone goes <laughs> I'm and gonna listens, listen to more, <laughs> <laughs> I promise the audio quality gets better as we go along. Uh, however, yes, I grew up very strict evangelical Pentecostal Christian and all of this stuff was devil worship stuff. Like mm-hmm. it was not allowed. It was not condoned whatsoever. So it took me a very long time We were kicked out of the church when I was around about 15, 16 years old, and that I think changed a lot of the way I viewed the church and religion as a whole. And then it took a long time to deconstruct. I'm still deconstructing some of those things I was Mm -hmm. brought up with now, but it took until I was about 20, I think I was 20, 21, before I started to like step out and explore some things. And that was when I got my first tarot reading, which was petrifying petrifying (laughs) demon was going to pop out at me or hell was going to open up (laughs) and that didn't happen and it was fine and I had some supernatural occurrences happen as well which were kind of scary but they taught me a lot of 
different things in hindsight, I can see exactly why they happened, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And as life sort of progressed on, I started exploring a little bit more. And I actually met up with a classmate from my super religious Christian school at our reunion, our 10 year reunion. And they'd said something about astrology. They were doing astrology. And I was like, what, what do you mean astrology? Like, that you're a Virgo or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, right. oh, it's so much more than that. And so she pulled up my chart and she just read two things from it and it blew me away. And I was like, oh, I must know everything <laughs> about this. And I went, I pretty much that week, I'm pretty sure, signed up for a course in astrology uh, through mm-hmm. Natalie Wallstein, who's a career astrologer. And I just absorbed everything that she put out into the world and started reading all these books and it's just been an obsession since mm-hmm. then. And I love that it's something I can never master. There's always something to learn and always more to explore when it comes to Thank you. Yes. No, that is awesome. Um, yeah, that first episode, it also, I, I love the fact that you said you were on a goat farm also. Yes. And I love goats. And I also <laughs> grew up on a farm and I was like, awesome. We have something in common too. Yes. So. It was great to just have that too. Just happen to listen to that. So cool. Yes, so, I yes. actually worked on a goat farm in in rural Louisiana. <laughs> That's back. definitely an experience. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and goats are hilarious. They have such they, bizarre they animals, are. but I love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I had a goat uh, growing up, and I grew up on a farm, and it's definitely interesting as a kid. <laughs> like it's not like yeah. everywhere else, but it's cool. Yeah. So you talked a lot about astrology and how just having not just your birth date, you got to also have that time and it can change everything. Mm-hmm. And the location is so, important too. Oh, okay. See? Yeah. Well, because we're time, both in Sacramento, so that's fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. Time time zones will change depending uh-huh. on, you know, where you pull the chart yeah, from as course. well. So mm-hmm. very interesting. So what I kind of also like about astrology is like how you said earlier, how there's so many different types of astrology. It is universal. And I always find stuff like that exciting, how there is like, it's a little bit different over here on this side of the world, but they have very, very similar things on the other side also. Mm -hmm. And what was the type of astrology that you really practice? So I do tropical. So there's tropical Tropical. and sidereal. There is Vedic astrology, which is like Indian astrology. There's traditional astrology. And then you get into things like medical astrology, uh, orrery oh. astrology. Orrery is where you, th- you think of a question. You're like, Hmm, I lost this item. And you ask an orrery astrologer and they say, when did you realize you lost the item? Or when did you, you know, question that you couldn't find the item and they run a chart for that time. And then they can find the item for you based on the chart. So fascinating. Huh. What? Yes. That sounds wild. They could that's, answer like, that's witchy stuff. Right yeah. There. It's not <laughs> like convenient <laughs> would that be. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they, they can, uh, look at, you know, all sorts of questions that you want to come up with. You just have to remember the time you thought of the question and that's the birth chart for it. I also do business astrology. I don't offer it as a service, but every now and then, like when a friend comes in or if someone's, you know, working on their their own business, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll pull up your business chart. And we look at when the business was registered and pull up a birth chart for the business. And things like the rising sign can then tell us the branding that their business should have. Their mercury sign for their business can tell us the way their business is supposed to communicate information. So you can get all this amazing, I guess, resources through astrology for so many different things. So many different things. That is so crazy. So like you mentioned in like the birth chart that you hold or whatever, Mm -hmm. you said something about like the way you dress. Mm -hmm. What? So 
Can you explain yes. that a little bit, what that means? Yes, I And can. what that would, like, if you're completely off, what that would mean? Mm-hmm. Well, so look, um, I'm going to pull it up again just so I've got it in front of me. So if you wanted to get into character for your role that you're here to play, right, that would be Gemini aesthetic, I would say. Now, because I talk about this quite frequently with people on calls or if I'm talking about their business and I'm like, your branding needs to look like this. And I'm like trying to get those words across. I'm like, I can see it in my brain. I'm just going to have to send you my Pinterest board. So I've actually made Pinterest boards for each of the Zodiacs aesthetic. So people can just take a look and go, I get it now. I get it. Yep. Gotcha. So with Gemini, popular colors for Gemini are things like bright yellow and bright greens. Like it's very happy, youthful, cheerful. Now, Gemini is also the sign of the twins. So sometimes you have contrast. So that might be wearing like really uh, soft pink lace mixed with leather, right? So this really (laughs) sort of contrasting sides, or it might be wearing polka dots with stripes or, you know, usually people with a Gemini rising, when they're embodying that, their wardrobe will just be filled with different things, right? You're not going to look in there and go, oh yes, it's all, they like this one color and it's all a similar style. It's just like fun, flirty and different, right? Everything is sort of different, like, like a different character. My, my closet, I'm like, it's so chaotic in there. I have <laughs> like you, if you went into my closet, you would not be able to tell what my aesthetic is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like that. All. So oh. almost like they put on different characters or different um, versions of themselves with Depends different ways of dressing. Yeah, exactly. Which That's is good, so funny. but fun, flirty, youthful, cheerful, bright, happy, and contrast is kind of how I would describe Gemini. Um, but you also need to remember that your big three. So you also have that sun sign in cancer and that moon sign in Aquarius. So they can also have an effect. So sometimes our sun sign is just sort of like our everyday, right? It's just kind of what we like default to. So for cancer, sometimes this can be colors of the moon because cancer is ruled by the moon. So that might be whites, grays, silvers, yellow, um, those sorts of lighter toned, but they're very cozy. So it might be like a big cozy jumper or um, what do you guys call a sweater uh, or a big cardigan, (laughs) (laughs) you know, cozy. My hoodie. Yeah, exactly. Like you're sort of comforted and held and secure, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, and reflective as well. So cancers can often, as I said, for the moon, they reflect back what other people are doing. So depending on who you're with, you might dress sort of similarly to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So reflecting what is around you and what you're, who you're hanging out with, like, oh, I'm hanging out with so-and-so tonight. I might as well, you know, they often wear this, I'll, I'll put on something similar. Right. So then your moon sign. So sometimes maybe when you're feeling like it's either going to be like emotional in terms of like I'm feeling sad or you can be like super, super happy. And like, this brings me so much joy to wear these sorts of clothes. Aquarius is very different. Aquarius is usually um, stands out from the crowd, maybe wears like blues. Blues are very Aquarian uh, or bright neon colors or purple, those sorts of things. Um, Usually those with an Aquarius rising like myself would have like bright colored hair, right? So like pinks and greens and blues and whatever. So that would be sitting into Aquarius rising if you had that. But having it as your moon, you might just like to have something that's a little bit different, um, a bright pop of color, that sort of a thing. So, But I always dress very basic. Like, I mean, for me, it's usually like blue jeans, a dark tank top yep. and then like huh. 
flip flops. <laughs> like that's and my everyday outfit. <laughs> yeah. Well, your shoes. <laughs> your everyday is your comfortable, right? That's your the cancer mm-hmm. is. I just want the comfort side of things. Yeah. But Gemini probably brings in those bright pops of color. Yeah. And orange. So mm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you should huh. definitely check out the Pinterest board and, and have a look at those three for your big I three. I will. Yeah, yeah. I definitely will. That's so interesting. Yeah. And Naomi. Wow, so you can like do branding too. Yeah. That's crazy. So Naomi. We have to you... combine our birth charts to like to rebrand our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do one for your hey. podcast. So like maybe yeah. when you recorded your first episode or when you had that mm-hmm. first discussion of let's do it, you just need that sort of moment in time where it became a thing where it took its first breath, basically. Well, we're coming it's, up on okay. our one year we at are. the end of this month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that could be interesting. But Naomi, if you don't know your birth time, but you know your birthday mm-hmm. and roughly whether it was morning, afternoon or night, what you mm-hmm. can at least find out is you, you know your sun sign, so your star sign, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can look at where the moon was on that day. Okay. And if the moon doesn't change into a different zodiac sign, then you know what your moon sign is. If it okay. if it does, then you may need to look at, okay, it switched from, you know, maybe Aries to Taurus in the middle of the mm-hmm. day. But I, my mom said I was born in the morning, so I must be Aries, right? Mm-hmm. So you can sort of start to narrow it down. That's, I guess, a beginning process of rectification okay. that most people can do themselves. Google is All a right. wonderful thing. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, the most I know is just my birthday, and it was a Tuesday. Yeah, and during the day, but mm-hmm. I mean, and there you are can get even so much more specific about it. Yeah, there are birth charts that you can run for free online. Mm-hmm. So if someone's very new to astrology, I would recommend something like Astro Sofa. They do a free birth chart that you just cool. put in your details, and what it does is it tells you just written down like you have your son in this in this house, you have this in this in this house. Whereas most of the other ones like Astro Danced, uh, they will give you a free chart, but it's a literal zodiac wheel, and it is very confronting if you've never seen mm-hmm. a zodiac wheel because it has all of the planets are as a glyph or a little symbol and you're like well I don't know what that one means and I don't know what this location is and I don't understand it all it can be a bit overwhelming so one that just breaks it down for you can be really great to start off with thanks yeah definitely because yeah that's probably the basic that I know I have but besides astrology what else I know you like to also uh practice tarot right Yes, I do. Yes. So as I said, I'm a professional tarot reader. So tarot is a wonderful divinatory tool that you can use. Anyone can use, and you don't even have to use it psychically, right? You don't have to use it that way. It can be a great tool because it's full of archetypes. It can be a great tool for creatives. So if you're like, okay, I'm a writer and I'm writing this novel and I'm a little bit stuck, I've got some writer's block. Maybe you pull a card to tell you what the next scene should be about, or you have a character and you want to put in some you know, strengths or weaknesses with that character, pull a couple of cards for each of those. And that can give you a really great idea on how to create a new character. So it is a creative tool. It is a psychic tool. It's a psychological tool. There are psychologists and therapists that use the tarot in a non-witchy woo-woo way, just as a way, almost like a Rorschach test for people to start looking into the cards and reflecting what they see and bringing up, you know, some things that they might not have thought about or talked about just by using these cards as a little focal point. So tarot is wonderful and very misunderstood. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like the most I know is that it just kind of predicts the future and that's 
probably not what it does at all. Look, it, it can, um, but the future yeah. is changeable. The future is not fixed. And I believe in, uh, not everyone believes that, that's what I believe. So, for example, if someone came to me with a question, I have, there's two different types of ways you can ask a question of the tarot. You can ask either um, a fixed question where you think that future is fixed. So you're like, okay, will I get this job tomorrow? And I could pull a card and be like, yes. Or I could pull a card and be like, no, it's not super helpful to you, right? It's not going to really give you much. And if I'm like, yes, you will, you're like, sweet, don't have to go to that interview. Well, then you're not (laughs) going to get the job, right? You've just changed your future. So what I like to do instead is like, okay, no, 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 we're going to change this. We're going to look at firstly, maybe the likelihood that you're going to get the job and we can get a percentage. Like, okay, there's like 75%. All right. So there's a little bit there that might be some leeway. Let's look at what we can do to increase our chances of securing this job. And that might be, you know, maybe don't talk so much in the interview. Maybe you're someone that like just goes mm-hmm. on and on and on and on. And this is the advice is like, no, 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 don't do that. You need to like exert some self-control and hold back a little bit. Uh, or maybe it is to be really um, professional and formal, or maybe the advice is to be the opposite be really comfortable mm-hmm. and just casual. So you can get some really great guidance around that. For example, I've had someone that had this coming up. They're like, oh, I've got this interview. I've got three interviews coming up. Which one's the most likely to get? And I was like, okay, this one's the most likely. Um, but the advice coming through was to wait. To if they, when they offer you the job, don't take it straight away. Wait. She was like, what do you mean? Don't take the job when it's offered. I was like, <laughs> I'm just. That's what I'm saying. Don't take the job when you're offered it. Maybe say, uh, can I think about it? Can you send me the contract? And she was like, okay. Anyway, I got a, a call back a few, I think it was like two or three weeks later. She goes, they offered me the job and you won't believe this. I said, can I get back to you on that? And I waited and they came back an hour later with a 10 grand increase. Oh, no. That is awesome. She's like, I would not have got that if I didn't wait. And she goes, I would have naturally just gone, yes, I'll take it because I wanted the job. But now I have the job and an extra $10,000. And I was like, amazing. So it can come oh, through it with worked. Wow. Yeah, like I could have just said, yes, you'll get the job. Right. And that's yeah. not going to have helped her or told her anything. So you want to ask it in a little bit of a different way. And that's part of what mm-hmm. I do with my clients on a guidance call is I guide them to asking the right questions of the tarot, but also mm-hmm. asking the questions they really want to ask. Cause sometimes they'll come with, these are my questions. I'm like, Hmm, is it really? Or is there something else <laughs> going on? <laughs> and we get a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. And they go, oh, actually, no, that's really what I wanted to know. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought so. <laughs> so right. we get we get deeper through those layers and usually ask questions they didn't even know they wanted to know the answer to, which is fun. Wow. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Just having them, because I'm sure when people probably first come to you, they're like, I have these very specific questions. And you're like, I'm sure. And those are very important, but I'm sure there's something in the core that goes to all of those questions that are, that's one thing related to them all. Exactly. You yeah. Get that out. The surface level questions and then those mm-hmm. deeper questions. Yeah. And it's really interesting watching people because I try not to do that for them. I try to help mm-hmm. them get there themselves. That's sort of part of my role, um, which is really beautiful to facilitate and to be that safe space for people to to go through that process. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I aim to do is to, you know, and sometimes these guidance calls are not a tarot reading call at all. So I used to just be like, this is my tarot reading one. And I noticed mm-hmm. that I felt really restricted because I was like, oh, you're asking this question and astrology would be so much better for that. Or no, I, oh. I can help you with that without using the cards. And I was like, I don't want them to be like, I booked a tarot reading and she didn't pull cards. So I'm like, no, I'm going to scrap that. I'm going to call it a guidance call. 
if it calls for or if you want the tarot cards, we pull them out. If I'm like, no, there is a great resource. These are some book recommendations or crystal recommendations I have for you. Mm -hmm. These are some herbal recommendations for, you know, a tea to help with that spiritual issue or that physical issue or this, this and that. Um, Or if we're talking witchcraft, maybe they're like, I just need this thing to happen. I'm like, sweet, let's craft a spell together. Let's let's create some manifesting around that. So it's a lot more free flowing and personalized. And it's basically just one-on-one with me and my brain in those calls, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, that sounds so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can come at it from all kinds of different angles. And mm-hmm. then you can also be like, so I know you came here for this, but I have a way to get you possibly a better answer or one you're more looking for, or that can yeah. guide you. Exactly. Exactly. And I do a lot of work with people on their psychic development as well. So sometimes they'll come to me like, you know, this is how things are coming through and I don't understand it. What does it mean? And I can help them get clarity on that and also work on developing it further. And sometimes people are like, am I crazy? Like this, this thing happened (laughs) and I've never heard of anyone else having that. And so it can sort of just help to have someone guide you and say, no, no, that's, that is how that can come through. Or sometimes it's like this, and this is how you work with it. Or if they're scared of it, this is how you stop it. So, you know, there's so much that we can do with that. It's really amazing. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, what got you into tarot? I asked you how you got into astrology. What about tarot? Tarot was an interesting one. Um, so astrology actually came a little bit after the tarot, the tarot was first. Um, So it kind of goes back to, you know, I'd been overseas. I'd done my tarot reading in New Orleans Mm -hmm. way back when. Um, No demons popped out. There was no portal to hell. So I was like, (laughs) sweet, that's all right. But it was still pretty (laughs) scary. And I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't want anyone from home in the church to find out I got a tarot reading. Mm -hmm. So it was. What a fun place to do it though. Like That's what I I thought. Like Mm -hmm. the best place. That's what I thought. I'm like, I'm here. I'm by myself in New Orleans. Like, yeah, if I'm going to get a tarot reading anywhere, it's here. Right. (laughs) 100% 100% agree. Yeah. So, and that was wonderful. So I, I guess that gave me the confirmation that it was real because it was like, whoa, mm-hmm. she knew a lot of stuff that she couldn't have known. Right. So then I went back home. This is after I traveled for many years overseas, got back home, started settling in, had a house with my then boyfriend, mm-hmm. now husband. And I remember saying, you know, oh, what was I saying? No, I was using tea. Um, I was using tea leaves at work, like as in just normal tea, normal herbal Mm -hmm. tea, where someone would say, you know, oh, like, I feel like I've got a sore throat coming on. I'm like, oh, you should probably drink some licorice tea. They're like, really? I'm like, I don't know how I knew that, but yeah. And then I'd Google it and be like, oh, you do those. That's cool. Right. So this is some of the uh, psychic stuff starting to come in at this point. I'd had a very vivid psychic experience on a ghost tour where Claire Aliens had popped in, which is a psychic sense of smell. And that had sort of spitballed I guess snowballed all of this stuff starting to happen so I'm at work and you know telling people you know I should have this and then it starts getting to the point where I'm starting to stock up on teas in my work locker and people are like oh you're not feeling well go see Hannah oh you're um you're feeling a bit stressed go see Hannah she has something for that and that was cool and I was like this is fun and someone actually said to me oh you're a little bit witchy aren't you and I went oh I like (laughs) I like that if they'd said, are you a witch? I would have been like, oh no, that's evil, <laughs> right? But a little bit witchy with the why made it safer. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I like that. And I ended up starting to grow my own herbs and create my own like tea batches at home for all sorts of things. And then I started finding out you could use certain teas to open up your third eye or enhance your psychic abilities. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll start doing that. 
And I then got the idea from Harry Potter, because I do love Harry Potter, <laughs> to try tea leaf reading. Because I was watching, I was like, that yeah. looks fun. I do tea stuff. That looks fun. I have so many loose leaf teas. Let me try it. Mm-hmm. And the first time I tried it, I remember my cat was so incredibly interested and she basically sat staring at this teacup and I was like, I drink tea all the time. You never do this. Why are you suddenly so invested? She reading. <laughs> <laughs> and I started this little journal called my Tassiomancy journal, which is divination by tea leaves. Mm-hmm. And so I started writing down the symbols that I saw and what I thought they meant. And as I said, this was before astrology. So I remember seeing okay. two fish in the cup and I was like, I think that's Pisces in star sign stuff and I wrote down Pisces and I'd written down that there was a um we were going to get a a stranger who was very close to us coming to our house and I was like what a stranger who is how can we be close to a stranger like that is ridiculous (laughs) wrote it all down whatever I didn't realize until about a year later when I was flipping back through that because I did it sort of sporadically here and there about a year later I was flipping through that little book and realized I just had my daughter who was a Pisces and she is she was a stranger like we didn't know her but she's very close to us I just got full body I did the same Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd read it and I was like oh did I just predict the birth of my daughter and at that point we didn't think we could even get pregnant so there was no you know, it, it was just amazing that it sort of came here. I just didn't realize it at the time. So along this journey, so this was sort of before she was bur- born, but mm. after that first tea leaf reading, I had had this almost like a whisper in my head, buy a tarot deck. And I was like, oh, no way, that's evil. Can't do that. <laughs> and it kept coming up. And I said to my husband, I was like, I think I need to buy a tarot deck. And he's like, oh, yeah, go buy one. I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. He's like, all right, don't buy one. I was like, but I feel like I have to. (laughs) And it was just this like war in my brain between, you know, Christian, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. fear. So religious fear, religious trauma, and this clear audience, which I was hearing. So this clear audience is, a lot of people know the term clairvoyance, which is where you can see things, clear audience when you can hear things psychically. So it kept going on and that voice wouldn't go away. And I'd sort of go into shops and look, I wouldn't touch them. And I was like, no, I can't. Finally, I worked up the courage one day. I went in and I picked just the prettiest, safest looking non-scary deck (laughs) and went up and bought it. And it was just this massive moment for me, like huge. And I remember thinking that the shop lady was not acknowledging or validating the fact that this was such a big moment. She just was like, oh yeah, that's the one you want. See you later. I was like, do you not realize the hurdles I have just gone through to get here? Um, took it home and I've never gone a day without reading since. Like it has, it has just been incredible and, you know, nothing bad has happened from it. It is a deck of cards, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the access that it gives me to a lot of psychic information, uh, to areas of myself that I didn't realize, the advice that I get, the sometimes knowledge that I get about things coming up can be just so incredibly helpful and it has helped so many people in my own life and in my professional life as well. So it didn't take me long before I realized because I started reading for people online, just strangers on the internet in tarot groups on Mm -hmm. Facebook 
and just to get practice up because I wanted to try and read for other people. I'd read for my family and my friends, not the Christian family, um, <laughs> other family. Yeah, um, the distinction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'd read for them and they'd all said it was really accurate. And I was like, yeah, but I know you. I want to make sure that I, I don't know what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was a way of proving it to myself. And when I got amazing feedback, I ended up joining a psychic reading, like, group, right, where I got paid to do these psychic readings and using my cards. And I was doing those and the feedback I was getting from that was incredible. And, you know, that the readers in that group were like, oh, my God, you're going to go away soon, aren't you, because you're like our best reader. We're going to lose you to your own <laughs> business. And I was like, my own business? Huh. I could totally do that. Well, and they yeah. put it in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, not long after I was like, so guys, <laughs> they're like, no, you've done it, haven't you? So <laughs> it was, it was good. I mean, that was fantastic feedback and validation for my confidence and to then open up my own business and mm-hmm. just jump into it was wonderful. And it's just been amazing ever since. And going from what I used to work in, which was corporate construction and now being my, you know, I own my own business, my own witchy business where I do what I love every day. And it's just so wildly different. I didn't know you could have so much fun with what you did. I didn't know that work could be so fulfilling and validating and interesting. And it's just so diverse. It's so much fun. I just, I don't feel like I'm, I would do this without getting paid. You know, that's how amazing (laughs) it is. So what a it's, dream yeah girl <laughs> yes no that is awesome and the fact that it just like is doing so well mm-hmm. is even better like you're like yep I did it and I'm so happy that exactly that's cool yeah I have a question yeah go for it um what's the difference between oracle cards and tarot cards because there's a difference right there is a difference great okay. question so both of them fall under the divinatory term cartomancy cart being latin for cards mancy being latin for divination so cartomancy card divination so you can use them both for cartomancy but they are different systems so an oracle deck is a deck of cards that can be anywhere from 10 cards to 150 cards it just depends on the creator there is no similar system between them they can be a card deck that is just affirmations they could be pictures they could be pictures with words they're just totally up to the deck creator right they can be very very different deck to deck so you can't pick up one oracle deck and then another oracle deck and read them the same okay you need to read through the guidebook or read intuitively with the images whereas a tarot deck once you learn the system there are 78 cards in a tarot deck there is four suits in every tarot deck which go from ace to ten similar like a playing deck of cards and then you have four court cards so there's a page a knight a queen and a king you then have 22 major arcana cards numbered zero to 21 and that makes up your tarot deck it's not going to differ from that you're always going to have the four suits you're always going to have the major arcana some decks might take a little bit of creative liberty in terms of the t- the names so instead of the queen maybe they call it something else that's gender neutral that there are different decks out there instead of the cups suit which is the water element maybe they use shells but all in all it is exactly the same and you can pick up once you've learned tarot you can pick up any tarot deck and read it knowing those traditional meanings and each deck might have a little bit of a different flavor depending on the artwork but the traditional base meaning does not change so for somebody starting tarot might be a little bit easier to start with than right depending and some people 
don't like tarot and they love Oracle and some it's the opposite. Um, I use both, but I preference tarot and that is because it has a system and I am a Virgo. So I like systems and I like organization <laughs> and I like structure and, you know, knowing that it, it has like a right and a wrong almost feeling to it. So, and you know, there's those traditional meanings to lean on. So if you do decide to, if you want to start tarot and I do have a full playlist on my YouTube for free, which is all how to get started with tarot and all the frequently asked questions, all of that. So you've got a, a good resource there if you want it. Um, mm-hmm. But I do recommend people start with something called the Rider Waite Smith Tarot Deck. It's like the the standard one that everyone uses. And whilst not everyone might gel with the artwork, it is the easiest to learn with because that artwork is very intuitive. Like you can look at it and know exactly what that card means. There's artwork or a scene depicted on every single card rather than some cards having like four cups. It's like an actual image that you can tune into. And then you've also got all of the resources online and all of the books written about tarot are based on that system. All of the other decks are then sort of based off it as well, but you're going to get a lot more when you're learning by starting with that one. So, you know, it can be, it can be super fun. Uh, to get into and to to just try you just got to make sure that you keep it fun you're not trying to get too serious Mm -hmm. about getting it right or wrong when you start (laughs) that sounds fun now I'm interested I bought an oracle deck like years ago remember I used to bring it to work (laughs) Um, and it's like the moonology one and uh-huh. then earlier when you were saying like the stuff about the moon I was like maybe that's why I think that's it. <laughs> but I haven't done anything with it I'm like so scared and I don't know why I'm scared but it just like freaks me out like stuff mm-hmm. like this freaks me out and I'm so interested and in I'm just scared to like oh you just gotta get into it especially I if you already got the debt girl but I just you think know, about like, like all the what ifs kill me like Are you worried about (laughs) what could happen like supernaturally or paranormally or are you more worried about? Yes, that's That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. So I'm the total opposite. I'm like, no, let's play. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm like the one that's like, but what about this? (laughs) So I do actually, I run a course called The Art of Psychic Divination. And I don't know when this episode will be going out, but my next intake of students will be in August 2022. And in that course, I take people through because it is all about learning how to open up and develop your psychic skills and also how to learn divinatory arts of oracle cards, tarot cards, pendulums. Um, we go through scrying with candles like fire scrying, wax scrying, which is caromancy, mirror scrying, astrology. Ooh. Like we do all of that. This is and so interesting. I am so, so like, fun. can I, I join? Know, I'm like, can we do I'm, it? Like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> the, so in that, the very first module is the foundations of psychic divination, right? The, the foundations of any form of psychic practice. And in that we go through a lot of the fears that people have. We go through um, how to ground yourself, how to center, how to cleanse your space, your tools, your area, um, how to protect yourself basically from those oh, sorts of fears. Yeah. So that's kind of the basis. You need that before you can go on further. Uh, that makes and, you more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. And I talk people through that. And then there's there's two different versions of the course. There is a um, go at your own pace version. So obviously that's the, the cheaper version and you just get the modules and go through it at your own pace with the workbook. And there's access to a Facebook group as well for any questions. Or there is the 
more expensive version for a live course where you get one module each week. And each week we do a psychic development circle live with me on Zoom. So I'll lead uh, everyone through, you know, an exercise to ground, to center, to connect with one another. And then we do a psychic exercise where I'll ask, you know, what am I holding? Can you describe it to me? And we put those skills to the test and you get that immediate validation. If people are having issues or trouble connecting, we work through that. If people are like, I don't know why I'm getting this. That makes no sense. I can help them bring those dots together, right? And if they've got fears or questions or concerns about anything, that's where they can bring it up and talk to me, you know, face-to-face via Zoom. So it's a really great option out there for, for people. So, yeah, it's really fun. But that version, the the live version, is limited to only 33 students. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. it would be just too many on a live call for it to be anyway (laughs) as well. Yeah. (laughs) So 33 uh, 33 students for that one and as many as they want can buy the self-paced one. Huh. All right. That sounds super interesting. Like, I think I'm going to have to get that. Like, I'm going to have to join you. (laughs) I want to as well. I would love to have you guys on because it's good fun. People make friends with each other. Um, I make friends with people. Like, it's it's really, for me, really fulfilling to Mm. get really deep with people. So my moon is in Scorpio in the 10th house. So what I do in my work because that 10th house is the workhouse. Uh, what I need to do is get very deep with people, talk about the things that are like almost like hidden mysteries, the occult, Scorpio rules, the occult and mm-hmm. transformation as well. So I love seeing the transformation that people go through. Or in that first week, they're like, oh, yeah, I think it's maybe this. And then by week three, they're like, oh, yeah, I see a rainbow. Oh, wow, there's a rainbow on that. Like, boom, <laughs> wow, amazing. Did you see how how far you've come? We've only done this for three yeah. weeks. Like, Oh, it's so fun. (laughs) That sounds exciting. I've never done anything even remotely close to that, except I used to like to meditate. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing you have to really center and breathe. And there's ways to just like center and, you know, try to control that. Mm -hmm. That scares me too. But it's a good way to like, if you already know how to kind of like chill and then that's a good way to Kind of get into I have it. no chill. I have zero chill. You know how hard it is for me to focus on like that without everything else going through my mind. And I'm scared like that I'm gonna be meditating and then I'm gonna like astral project and then something <laughs> take my body. Like that's my fear. Why is that my fear? So let me just it's help so you with specific. that one. <laughs> Firstly, astral projection is something people work really hard to figure out how to do. So if you could do it, if you could do it naturally like that, everyone would be, would be very envious. <laughs> and like, well, well, some people will have, I guess, an easier time of doing some things, right? There might be some people like, oh yeah, I find astral projection really easily, or I do it accidentally. That's very rare. And okay, good. so you're not going to just like accidentally like leave your body. Well, that takes a lot of time and practice. Okay. Secondly, um, you're not going to leave your body forever. Like that's not really a thing it is a fear people have but it's not something that I've ever known or come across to have actually happened so a lot of people do worry about that there is this idea of something called a silver cord which goes from usually from your your navel area into your body so like from your astral body into your physical body um, that some people say they can see when they astrally project think of it almost like what you see in Donnie Darko you know how they have those little things out Mm -hmm. of their tummies I've never seen that in any of my work that I've done, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist for other people that may have a different version of the site. Like you can't, not every psychic is going to see things exactly the same. 
Uh, however, I've never known anyone to just like up and leave their body or (laughs) to, you know, any of those sorts of things. So don't stress about that. And when it comes to meditation, there are different types of meditation. I call one active versus inactive meditation. So inactive is what you, Naomi, were talking about Mm -hmm. before, where you just sit there and calm your mind Uh and calm down. (laughs) Yeah. Focus on your breathing, that sort of thing. Yep. But a lot of people can't do that, especially people who may be neurotypical, uh, neurodiverse mm-hmm. and have you know ADHD. Uh, so or in anxiety, intrusive thoughts, like all of that becomes impossible and they can become really disheartened if they try and do yes. it. But then that's great because we have active meditation, which can be things like running, uh, gardening, adult coloring in books, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it can be all sorts of things like that where you're physically doing something. Washing dishes can be a form of active meditation where you're doing something repetitive and your brain has the scope and the, the space to almost zone out, clear out, that sort of thing. Okay, for me mm-hmm. it's driving. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll drive and I'll have no radio on and I'll just be sitting there and I'm like, how did I get to my destination? Like what was I thinking about that <laughs> yeah. whole time? Yeah, so those are some ways that you can almost start to train your brain to get into a better mm-hmm. state of active uh, inactive meditation, which is what I had to do. I found it terribly difficult until I started uh, paint, painting and pottery. And that's what I used to do every single night. I would do painting and pottery and it got me into that zone. And then suddenly I was like, hang on a minute, I can actually meditate. My brain is used to this state now. So it's a form of like training yourself into meditation. Okay. Yeah, that sounds so interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I just have so many fears. I'm just a big baby. Like I'm just so scared of everything. Like, well, that's why it's helpful why. to have a teacher or someone being like, it's yeah. okay, you know, come on in. It's safe. I promise. So, and with my courses, well, I never push anyone to do anything that they are uncomfortable with. Like mm-hmm. it is, as I said, a safe space. And I want, you can't grow if you're feeling too scared. You just can't, you're not going to take that risk or that step forward if it's too scary for you. So we need to start with where you're at and build on from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like how you brought up the gardening because mm-hmm. I love gardening and just being in there. Cause I have, I used to have an herb garden. You brought up teas earlier. It's mm-hmm. like, I loved doing that. Yeah. And it is a form of therapy when you're just out there, just taking the weeds out or just making sure that everything's still growing good. Yeah. It is definitely a form of meditation. Absolutely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's also Things like pottery and things like gardening, Mm -hmm. they are both a form of active meditation and they're grounding at the same time. Grounding. Yeah. You got to do it barefoot. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's summertime. Oh my gosh. I don't know about Texas. You know the bugs we have out here? Like I got bit the other day by fire Mm ants, and I'm still recovering from that. I worked on a farm in Texas um, in a little place called Dale and it was like a vegetable farm and there were some animals and stuff as well, but mainly a vegetable produce organic farm. And I stepped in a fire ant nest and yeah, that's what I, did. Yep, I was wearing shoes, but so I didn't realize straight away because I started swarming over my, my shoe ooh. and then got to my legs. And that's when I was like, Oh, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. and then, Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. not fun. And cause it was an organic farm. We just had to go around and find the nest and top uh-huh. up water down them. <sighs> fun yeah, right. it just makes them angry <laughs> <laughs> that was fun yeah I'm dealing with that and like a lot of snakes mm-hmm. there's so many snakes here and they're like yeah, the she poisonous sent me pictures ones. of them and she's like look what I got today I was like that's you a know bad what? snake okay. that's not I a good swear, snake at all I swear I brought this in snake. Australia there are no good so, snakes oh yeah <laughs> no I keep telling people I live in the 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 Australia of the United States yeah. in Texas. Like, Texas is similar. Yeah. The size of oh, the spiders, funny. 
the snakes, mm-hmm. but I feel like I brought the snakes on myself and everybody keeps laughing at me, but I'm going to tell you because, okay, there's this TikTok thing that goes around, right? The first of the month, you spray cinnamon in your front door to mean abundance or something to like that. To bring in prosperity. Right? Yep. Yes. Okay. So I did that. And I, that's a little bit of witchcraft. Good then all of the snakes <laughs> came and I was like, <laughs> did I, came. was I thinking about the snakes and all of a sudden in abundance, there are snakes. Like <laughs> look, oh, it was just God. too coincidental for me to like, cause it was, it was three within two days. Mm. And then a couple days later, a big, like over five feet. And I'm like, okay, I had so, to like <laughs> brought them on or something. Look, if you're trying to, you know, bring in abundance, right? And then if you happen to be thinking about snakes, there's a potential you could have accidentally like encouraged more <laughs> snakes, right? But also, uh, whilst I don't believe in coincidences, there is mundane stuff that happens all the time. Like if you live in Texas and you see a snake, that's probably not that out of the ordinary, right? But if you're seeing the same thing, you know, maybe like three days in a row or there's, you know, it's more than usual and you're like, this is unusual. This is not normal. Mm -hmm. That's when it's usually a sign or something to take note of. Now for me, snakes, especially if I'm seeing them in my dreams, so a nyromancy is dream divination. If I'm seeing snakes in my dreams as a symbol, snakes are good luck in my opinion. Okay, they are a good symbol. They can be a symbol of fertility. They can be a symbol of the goddess. They can be a symbol of rebirth. Okay, so if you think of a snake and how it has to shed its skin in order to grow, which can be a form of death and then rebirth, right? That is sort of the vibe of a snake. So that could be a symbol or a message to you because when I'm teaching my course in psychic divination, I'm also teaching that the universe is is in contact with us all the time. We can choose to use a divinatory tool such as tarot or we can choose to use nature like I do ornithomancy, which is bird divination. So specific amounts of birds or types of birds mean different things and how they move and that sort of thing. So there is ways that the universe tries to bring us symbols all of the time. So this symbol of the snake could be either telling you, get ready, you're about to go through some transformation. Don't worry, it's going to be a good one, right? There okay. is an up-leveling that's about to happen. Uh, it could be a symbol of, you know, there are some goddesses uh, or even in the Egyptian uh, mythology or pantheon, there is the god Set, which is seen as a, or Seth, who's seen as a snake. Uh, he was meant to be the original evildoer bringing uh, evil into the world. But there's there's so much in terms of mythology and uh, legends that we can look onto for that mm-hmm. symbology meaning uh, around different types of animals and different types of symbols and things like that. Okay. So, it yeah. was just weird too because it's like a snake that only comes out at night. Like it's mm-hmm. the coral snake. So mm-hmm. it's very poisonous. Mm-hmm. And everybody that's, it's, I've lived in Texas 16 years. I've never seen that snake. Like everybody, keeps telling me the same thing and I'm like the fact that I saw three of the exact same kind mm-hmm. and they were all huge like full were grown I'm like there wasn't a nest mm-hmm. nearby or anything like that like it was they were all you know different <laughs> and really <laughs> big and I'm just like this is this is a lot for me mm-hmm. right now <laughs> mm-hmm. but that makes sense a lot did happen the week after that and it, it was all good career things so mm-hmm. well there you go maybe huh. that's what that was I just yeah. didn't appreciate it very much. I, I often say if you see something like that and it's out of the ordinary write it down and date it yeah. so that then you can look and see how that might have manifested or come through and even if you put a little like oh this maybe this means this I googled snake and this is what it could mean mm-hmm. write that down and then you can look back and go oh that did happen or oh 
no, maybe it was this, this actually happened. Oh, I can see how that might've related. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how you can start to sort of build up that library in your head. See, now I need to go get a new notebook. Why is that always my first thought? I'm like, I need another notebook. (laughs) You can never have too many notebooks. (laughs) I know. I have so many. Gosh. We'll definitely have Mm -hmm. everything linked below so that everybody can check you out because this has been so Mm -hmm. much fun. This is like one of my favorite episodes that we've done for sure. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm so grateful for you guys having me on. It's been lots of fun for me also. Absolutely. (laughs) So you can find me on YouTube as youtube.com forward slash suburban witchery or if you just google suburban witchery it it does come up Uh, my Mm -hmm. website is suburbanwitchery.com and you can register your interest for the next intake of students for my course on there or book with me for a guidance call an astrology report or any of my other products and services that I have there as well you can find my podcast as witch talks podcast and that is on apple spotify and also on youtube and pretty much most of the podcasting apps and then over on social media I am suburban under School Witchery on Instagram, Suburban Witchery on Facebook and TikTok, and Hannah the SW on Twitter. You can always see us on Instagram at Weird Mythic Podcast, also on Facebook at Weird Mythic Podcast. Always go to Twitter, hang out with Serena because I'm hardly ever on there. <laughs> Weird Mythic Podcast. Um, but always send us, let us know if you need any information on Hannah's resources and we can always send those over to you. Send that over to weirdmythicpodcast at gmail.com along with any other stories about, you know, your own possible tarot, you know, readings. We've, I've never really gone through that. So I would like to hear how other people have viewed their own tarot readings. So send us all that information. (laughs) Definitely. All right. Well, until next time.